Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today? Very happy to be here with you, brother. How are you? I'm happy to be here as well. Turn down the wrong knob. I have to turn <laughs> music down. Turn my own mic down. Uh, I'm doing good, man. I'm I'm feeling good today. I'm feeling good. We're, so am I. We're we're a day off. We both had some stuff going on. Uh, Adam had a, a, a basketball game to coach. Xavier played a late eight thirty game last night, which they lost to the Seton Hall. Uh, I don't even pirates. Know pirates. Yep. Uh, so that kind of stunk, but. So we missed yesterday, but we are live Thursday night. We are here on the Facebook Live. Uh, if you miss us here, you can catch us the next morning on all the different podcast platforms, iHeartRadio, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you name it, we're there. There's a hundred more. Anyway, so today we got a lot of good stuff. We got a couple new segments coming up. Uh, we're pretty excited about today, uh, but to start, uh, go ahead and let's uh, let's talk about the people that support us. All right, uh, the top New Year's resolution. So early January, we're still in. Top New Year's That's resolution right. for m- many people is getting into shape or at least adding consistent exercise into your routine. Uh, it's so much easier to stop exercising regularly than to start exercising regularly. You and I both know that. Yeah. Uh, the toughest part, though, and the most important part about adding exercise back into your routine is finding the right gym. It's finding a gym that you, that makes you want to go. And then once you go, makes you want to come back. I know just the place that's going to make you want to do that. Oh yeah. What's that? It's training personally with Peggy Edwards. Peggy Edwards is a certified personal trainer, certified nutrition specialist. Uh, Peggy will help you achieve your fitness goals, whatever they are. She will put you through a guided circuit training workout that will push you exactly how much you need to change your life in a positive way. You're going to look better. You're going to feel better. You're going to be a happier person. Visit training personally at 3634 Budno Avenue in Cincinnati, Ohio. 45211 is the zip code. Uh, or you can reach out to Peggy, text, phone call, and she will answer any questions you have about it. and mention that you heard about training personally on the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. You will get all of the exercise you can work into the first month for free. That's insane. As many times as you can get there and exercise in a month, month, you get all of that for free. Hey, that doesn't get any better than that. One more time, Peggy Edwards, 513-513. Three two eight zero two nine six. Mention us first month free. Also, uh, we have Vandergriff Gymnastics uh, located uh, down there in the beautiful heart of Shiviet, uh downtown Shiviet, uh in Cincinnati. Is it? In, I guess it's not in Cincinnati because Shiviet's a city. It's technically a city. So uh, it's in Shiviet. What is that? Surrounded by Cincinnati? <laughs> yeah, it's a suburb of Cincinnati, I guess. I is, don't know. Is Shiviet? Sur- but Shiviet's its own city, but. Isn't Shiviet all b- completely bordered by Cincinnati? Uh, I or don't does know. Does Coleraine get in there somehow? No, I don't think it. I don't think Coleraine's it, a township, though. It is. It is a township. Um, I don't know. I mean, it is at least on the border of Shiviet. I'm thinking Cincinnati goes all the way around it. So I don't know how they put a city inside of a city, but somehow Shiviet's a city. It's got its mm-hmm. own mayor. Yeah, Shiviet uh, Island, they call it. Shiviet the Island. Uh, anyway, so Vandergriff uh, Gymnastics, if you're in that area and you have kids that like to flip around and jump on trampolines, uh, bring them in. 
They have preschool gymnastics three uh, with that's three to six years old, but it doesn't matter the age of your kids. You might have, you know, four kids and they're, you know, three, seven, 12 and 14 and they all want to do gymnastics. Well, that's four different classes, probably four days a week. No, sir. They'll split them up same day, same class, but they split them up in different parts of the gym. Save some time in your schedule. Check them out. Vandergrift Gymnastics. Uh, everything's got trampolines. They got um, they got uh, you know stuff for. They have a competition team. Uh, you know, all kinds of good flipping things to do. But pommel you, horse, pommel horse. I don't know if they have a pommel horse. I assume so. That's Parallel gymnastics. bars. That's got to be right. I don't know what all's inside there. The only thing I guarantee they have are trampolines. And like the and pro trampolines, not the ones that you jump around on, you know, at the trampoline park. I'm talking real deal trampolines. I seen these ladies get up like 25 feet in the air doing like 13 flips. It was crazy. That is a little crazy. Yeah, you don't have to I do that. Never do that. You don't have to get that high. But uh, but anyway, flip your kids around. Uh, it is. Uh, you can get a hold of them, 513-481-4499, or check them out on Facebook, Vandergriff, V-A-N-D-E-R-G-R-I-F-F, Gymnastics. Check them out and uh, flip some kids around, man. <laughs> flip some kids around safely and legally. Oh, they do it completely safely and completely <laughs> legally, but your kids will be flipping. <laughs> That's a good thing. All right, so let's get into this, dude. Uh, start us off here today. So... Um, the start off, we did not do a podcast last week uh, because of some sicknesses that had rolled through the households, right? Did No, did we do a podcast last week? No. no. We haven't done one since the day after Christmas. Correct. Uh, in which you had to pay up your bet of eating four stupid hot hot wings from Wild Mike's. Wild Mike's, we appreciate that. Um, so how was the next day? You know what? It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Well, that's good. I'm glad to say. Um, I There was at one point, um, I was out and about uh, on the town, and I had to go, I had to go number one really badly. Yeah. All right? But I wasn't, I wasn't anywhere that had a restroom. Okay. So, um, and I, and it became, there so much pressure on the number one, on the bladder. Yeah. That it, it really started you know, doing some, some messing with my stomach a little bit. And then I feel like I kind of started feeling the, the stomach issue that I had the night before when I left here. Uh, I really felt like that was, uh, that, that reared its ugly head just, just for a moment. Um, but, uh, mostly I was pretty okay. Yeah. I was pretty okay. Um, so I got through it and, uh, I dealt with it. And then, um, and you did a, a great job. It was very funny hearing you uh, call the call the play by play on eating those. That's things. the first uh, over the air play by play I've ever done. Yeah, I feel like well, I, I feel like I got ways to get to get a little better before I make it to take over for uh, the Reds at some point in time. But uh, I was I was happy with it. You're uh, you're already on a pretty good path there, pal. <laughs> All right. So uh, on behalf of that, so you lost a bet. That's why you had to eat the wings. You also had a little something you you, you didn't want. You refused to tell me about this great bet that you heard of, which may or may not be what we do next. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be because, well, I just want, I'm not going to do any more food bets, I don't think, <laughs> after, after that last one. And this one requires a lot of time. Uh, uh, but I did see somebody made a bet with uh, a friend or something like that. I saw this on Twitter. I don't even know who it was, or I don't remember what the bet was. But the, the payoff was the guy that lost – had to spend 
24 straight hours in a Waffle House. Oh, I heard this. 24 yes. straight hours. Okay, so you heard it. I did. I thought what you were going to tell me was going to be way worse because you said you didn't that you didn't want to do this. I, I enjoyed this bet. Continue with what the bet was. Okay, so you have to spend 20. So uh, Waffle House is famously open 24 hours. This was a fantasy month. sports, like the loser of the fantasy sports. Wasn't that what it was? It, it may was have a, been. I think it was yeah, a fantasy football right. loot. Yeah. I think you're right. So uh, you have to spend 24 straight hours in a Waffle House, and for every waffle that you eat, you subtract an hour. Yeah. So, I mean, if you can get old boy, old boy spent 12 hours. Is in that the, what in was? the Waffle House? Yep. He was able to uh, take down 12 waffles. 12 waffles in 12 hours. It's not bad. I mean, that's fair. I, yeah. 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 You probably. I'm thinking you probably go two or three at a time. Wait a couple hours. Two or three more. I'm, you you know, I'm ordering them one at a time. You think so? I'm going pace waffle. Yourself? Yeah, I'm pacing myself. I'm going to take a waffle, have me a little coffee, kickstart the uh, the digestive tract, get okay. in there. Every waffle, I'll probably, I try maybe every three waffles, I'll try to use the restroom, clear a little room, and uh, hopefully get to that twelve waffles in the in the first. 12 hours. I'm glad you mentioned that because that I just realized is the problem for me why I could never do it. You'd be stuck in a I've, Waffle House and you can't use their bathroom. I, there's no way I could use a <laughs> Waffle House bath. I think I've been in a Waffle House one time in my whole life. What? And I and I imagine. Schmidt, tell me you're lying about I'm that. I'm dead serious. And I imagine that their <laughs> Waffle House is famous for. It's a greasy spoon, man. Terrible things happening in Waffle Houses, especially late at night yeah. or early in the morning. And I can't imagine that any of them have clean bathrooms. I don't know, man. They just opened one up down by me, and I got a, I got a feeling that that one's pretty clean. I guarantee you it's clean. The first minute it opened, yeah, and then about an hour in, I love going from to the, then on. No, the one right down the street for me, man. I'll stop in there in the morning sometimes uh, before I go make my first stop. I'll stop in, have me some eggs, bacon. Uh, you got to have some hash browns had your way, you know. You gotta, you gotta, you know, get them. Uh, uh, what do they call them? They got all the, you know, with the cheese and the onions, they got all different names for it. It's pretty gotcha. funny. Kind of like the Denny's Grand Smothered, stuff covered. Like they call it, It's like smothered, covered, and everything else. It's pretty, uh, I enjoy it, man. You got, I can't believe you've never been, you've been to Waffle House one time. We got to go to Waffle House. Uh, you know why do I will? Do you like will? eggs and bacon? Do you know why I will go? Why? Because I love breakfast food. I love breakfast food. One and, exactly. and I especially love breakfast food all day long. That's why at, I, at any time. That's why it's one of my favorite places to go because I can get eggs, bacon, and hash browns whenever I want. I might leave here tonight, go to Waffle House and get can some I, Can breakfast. I tell you something? Yeah. I've never had a Waffle House waffle. Is that right? Never. I go to Waffle House all the time, never had a waffle. I've never had a cheese coney from Skyline. I always get the salad. <laughs> okay, you had me there for a second. <laughs> All right, so uh, I do like that bet. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, and, and, you know, the Waffle House has been known to clog up quite a few arteries in its days. Yeah, uh, arteries and toilets, yep. Arteries and toilets, which brings us to uh, the newest segment that we're going to do on the podcast. It was a rough new year. It was <laughs> a rough the, new year. That's the segue. <laughs> that's the segue, yeah. All right. Yeah, arteries it and cl- toilets. Okay, clogged, ar- clogged arteries. I get you. Clogged I get you. I didn't I even. I'm, I was so busy thinking about the segue. I was just agreeing with whatever you said. I didn't realize you were talking about clogged toilets. Yeah, so clogged arteries, uh, heart attacks, things like that, uh, people keeling over and passing away. Brings us to our next segment, which we're – I don't know if we're excited about it or not, but it's called – very excited about it. <laughs> it is. Our new segment called The Dearly Departed. <laughs> 
<laughs> we are laughing right I now know. so hard. This is so, <laughs> so terrible. We're about to talk about people that just died. So we've got, uh, in the last couple of weeks, there have been several folks yeah. in the sports world that have uh, passed. So so they, you, I always heard that you know when people die, they, it goes in threes, right? It's always in threes. Sure. So uh, I hear, the, the first one I heard was Don Larson. Yeah. The only perfect game ever thrown in a World Series. Um Don Larson, uh, Yankee legend, Hall of Famer, um, passed away at 80. 90. 90. 90 years old. Um, and he, he's obviously most famous for throwing the only perfect game in World Series history. Um, but an otherwise fairly underwhelming career. But he was honestly. still a Hall of Famer somehow. Which is, is it because of the perfect game? Is that what made him I, a Hall of Famer? I feel like it might be. I mean, he he pitched fourteen seasons. That's that's good. If you can stick around in the major in Major League Baseball for fourteen seasons, that's good. His record total was eighty-one and ninety-one in those fourteen seasons. Wow. And I mean, of course, we always talk about how you know it was wins, a different, and, wins it, and losses. It, it is, but and it was a different era too. It was a different era, but I think wins and losses in that era mean a lot more because you pitched the whole game. Right. Exactly. Um, so anyway, it was yeah. His numbers were not like really Hall of Fame type numbers, but um, you know he he did he pitched perfect game in the World Series, and um, and that's that's good enough to make you uh, an, um, famous, all time famous, all time so famous. I like it. Yeah, if you're looking um, literally at that definition of Hall of Fame, there you have it. There you go. Who else we got? Uh, another guy we have is uh, a couple local guys, actually. Yeah. First of all, Chuck Mayshock. Chuck Mayshock. Anybody that is a UC basketball fan will know Chuck Mayshock as uh, being an assistant coach under Bob Huggins, and uh, then I think Bob Huggins just got sick and tired of him, <laughs> and they moved him to the and moved him over to the uh, broadcast booth, which I. You know me. I'm a Xavier guy through and through. I hated UC my whole growing up life. Uh, one thing that always could make me laugh was listening to UC basketball on the radio because Chuck Mayshock was the Joe Nuxall of UC basketball. As Homer's, he'd be yelling at Bob Huggins during the game because their their booth was right next to where the at center court and Hugs would come over and he'd be yelling things at Huggins for these guys to do it was phenomenal that guy was a peach i agree with you and that's very nice of you to call him a peach and i think you're saying that in a way that i understand that you're trying to say he was he was uh, off he and was off he was annoying as all get out he, everybody I, I guarantee everybody hated him except uc fans loved him though they for did the same and they should Joe, for that reason the for reason the we like reason Joe Joe Nuxall. Nuxall. Right. the funny thing is He's actually gotten warnings uh, uh, from referees because he would just scream at referees while on doing the broadcast. He was ejected from the broadcast table, ejected from an NCAA tournament game in 2013. <sighs> that's so great. That's what he. Um, that might be that, his that, big, his most famous, and it's moment. probably the last game he ever did. Because I don't know. I thought he. When did he stop? It's, it's been pretty recently that I mean, within the past four or five years that he since since he stopped. Doing the broadcast. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I want to say three or four years ago. It might be yeah. five. I don't know. But um, he was. He, but he was on the broadcast for twenty six years. Twenty six years. Time. Yeah. And it's funny because I hate to 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 you know speak ill of anybody who just passed, but I agree a hundred percent. I thought as a broadcaster, terrible, well, terrible. Sure. But 
reading a bunch of stuff and seeing people's reactions and everything. Um, he was beloved. Beloved. By UC Super fans. nice guy from the way everybody talks. Sure. You know, he was just he, – he couldn't – he couldn't get rid of that. Of he was that. still a coach. He was still a coach. He played at UC too, um, and so he he was UC didn't basketball play, through and didn't through. he play right after a big right at, right after Oscar? It was either right after or right before something like I remember there used to be a running joke they'd always talk about games he played with Oscar Robertson or something like that, and it was and and he either just missed them or it was right before him. I can't remember. It would have had to be like late fifties, early sixties, yeah, somewhere in there. Um, so yeah, but he was you know eighty two years old. Uh, long-time UC broadcaster, coach, player, uh, RIP. Chuck Mayshock, RIP. Who else we got? The other local guy, I call him local because he uh, spent several years as the Cincinnati Bengals head coach, Sam Weish. That's right. Mr. Sam Weish, who, uh, you know, innovator in football, you know, the, the no-huddle offense was created basically by, you could either call it Sam Weish or by um, – uh, Seifert, who was his offensive coordinator at the time, at least made popular. At least at the beginning, by, yeah, by, Sam Weiss, by yeah. Sam Weiss, though. So, yeah, that was big. Um, Sam Weiss, the the most famous thing ever, uh, obviously, is when when the Bengals were throwing th- Bengals fans were throwing things on the field, and he grabbed a microphone and said, uh, "Quit throwing things on the field. You're not Cleveland. Yeah, that, you don't live in Cleveland. You don't you live, live in, in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati." <laughs> uh, so, I heard a funny story on the radio about that. There was a guy on the team. I can't remember who it was. Uh, but he, he pretty pretty uh, popular guy. But uh, they had to stop that game, and I think it was Houston they were playing. I can't remember Seattle, Seattle, and they had to stop that game because of all this stuff that was going on. And they came to Sam Weiss to have him do that, and he turned around and looked at this guy who was on the team who was from Cleveland and said, "Listen, I'm about to say something." No offense, <laughs> and then turned around, grabbed a microphone, and yelled it out. Real, yelled out his "You, you're, in, you don't live in Cleveland. You're in Cincinnati," and gave it back. And just looked. And he, apparently, as soon as he gave it back, he looked over at the guy, and the guy just shook his head. <laughs> well, it is what it is. Got to do what you got to do to get these guys to stop. Yeah, he got he got in trouble a few times with the league. He got fined several times. He was very outspoken. He didn't yeah. care, and he was you know he was a little bit quirky, and he was. He he was gonna do things the way he thought they should be because done. Because of him, the NFL for a, for a short time, uh, they would not allow you to use the no huddle offense. You were yeah, you were not allowed. After, their after Boomer Sison did it, yeah, they changed the substitution rules due to that Sam Weish uh, no huddle offense. So um, yeah, a lot of that, a lot of that uh, big big uh, big guy in the world of the NFL. Yeah, he uh, he was fined one time for. Um, Closing the media off to the locker room, and the, one of the biggest stories from his time as a coach was he banned female reporters from the locker room for a while, um, and that was he got you know there was a huge backlash, and female reporters were very upset, and you know the whole women's movement and stuff were like lashing out at him and stuff, yeah. and, and understandably, but his. You know, his was, take is I got naked men in here. Exactly, exactly. He's like, they don't need to be in here when these guys are walking around naked and stuff. And yeah. I don't know. I mean, I to me, it seems kind of obvious. Like, why don't we just do interviews in the press room I do. after the? Can I tell you, I for for all media too. Like, why does the media have to be inside? I don't think they should be inside the locker room after a game. I don't understand why the media or anyone is allowed in a locker room. While these players are changing, a hundred percent. That makes hundred percent no sense to me at all. No cameras. There's all kinds of stuff in there, man. Yep. Like I mean, 
You can you can find videos that are like blurred and stuff, but you can find them on YouTube. I'm sure. Oh yeah, all kinds of stuff. Seeing people walk through in the background and yeah. stuff like that. Just yeah, I, I, there doesn't make. Yeah, I, I agree. It does not make sense. Red Sox uh, and Yankees. Their stories. They have all kinds of stories. Johnny Damon. He said he would just he just rip his just go strip down buck naked and just walk around while everybody else yeah. was. And he does it on just, purpose. He did it on purpose though. So, you know, there's there's some weirdos in the locker room, too. I think I would probably do that. I'd be the weirdo <laughs> yeah, just stripped down naked. If I had a physique like the way those guys do in uh, professional sports, hell yeah, I would. I can see Derek Dietrich doing that. Oh, yeah, no <laughs> doubt. There's no doubt. Yeah. So the the last guy on this list, we said we said it comes in threes. It does You normally seem to come well, in threes. Well, Chuck Mayshock, I don't, I, I, that's a, that's a, a local threes, right? The, the, the third, the fourth one's more famous – well, Don Larson wasn't local either, but that's what I mean. I'm who was the fourth? Oh, one Oh, the you fourth have? one I have is the most famous one, David Stern. Oh yeah, and that's what I mean. So I don't include Chuck Mayshock in that. So I say the the three would be Don Larson. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Sam okay. Weish and then okay. David Stern. That's yeah. fair. Um, so yeah, David Stern, the one that that I think means the most to me, at least. Sure. Um, he was the commissioner, uh, NBA commissioner for from '84 to 2014 for 30 years. Uh, then gave away to Adam Silver. He changed the NBA. He, he the NBA was the the finals were being recorded, and and played uh, played later on on cable TV. Uh, tape delay, tape delay, like after the eleven o'clock news or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So I mean, he made the NBA a worldwide brand. He did, and that's that's his biggest legacy is is turning it global. He reached out into the into the communities and all and. I'll probably almost every continent, not um, probably not like Antarctica and stuff like that. But, sure. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> pretty much everywhere else, all of Europe, all of Asia, um, Africa, the, the NBA is a giant, giant thing. A giant, the NBA basketball is a giant sport and all those other places because of that. And he was responsible for putting together the Dream Team, um, which, which is – you know, a lot of the foreign players that come over say that was when they fell in love with basketball, when they saw in the Olympics the 92 Dream Team sure. play. Um, and everybody knew who Jordan was, and he was a, he was a global icon. Um, and then it's it went from there. You know, all the all the great European players that have come over, you know, since the since the 80s or whatever. And he wasn't attributed to as him. a as a commissioner. You you are paid by the owners, right? So you kind of are basically work for the owners. But he was known to go against owners, and he he was very vocal. If he didn't think it was something was happening good for the league, he had no problem letting anybody know. Where you got the Goodell thing, where it kind of seems like sometimes he's a little scared of the owners and things like that. Mm -hmm. Stern was not. I mean, he held up the Chris Paul to the Lakers. That was one of the big ones when Chris Paul was going to be traded to the Lakers, and he put a Knicks on that. Yeah. I mean, who knows? That could have been unbelievable back with Kobe and having him and Lamar Odom together on a team with Chris Paul as your point guard. Jeez, in in the prime of his career, yeah. that would have been unbelievable out of, out of uh, Charlotte at the time when he was with the Hornets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he he did uh, he did a lot of great things. You know, there were some some pretty rough patches in there with the Tim Donaghy stuff, and yeah. you know, a lot of a lot of different things like like that happened in every sport. But Malice in the Palace, Malice in the Palace. Yeah, that was that was a bad one. Um, but they dug themselves out of it. You know, he 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 got it back on. It the NBA is as popular as it's ever been, and yep. um, it was under his regime. I mean, and it he that really way. pushed 
branding the superstars. Yes, he did. That was kind of his big thing, it, it, branding superstars, and that made a. He was he's I mean he was huge for the NBA. He was he came in he started being commissioner about four or five years after Bird Magic, um, so that was already definitely on the upswing. But he took it over. I mean, brought it to a whole new level. Multiplied it. Yeah, yeah. it was it was uh, great commissioner. He uh, suffered a brain hemorrhage. I think it was a few like four weeks ago, maybe now, and uh, he passed passed about a week ago. Uh, Seventy seven. 77 years old, too young. Yeah. It's a, it's a sad thing, but uh, those are our dearly departed. The dearly departed. Uh, we'll bring it back if a whole bunch of people die. <laughs> yeah. Why do we keep laughing Hopefully. when we talk about this? <laughs> I just think it's, it's a terrible. funny title to a segment. <laughs> hopefully hopefully we get some people that die this week. and uh, <laughs> we can do the dearly departed again. <laughs> That's a terrible thing to say. Oh, goodness. Somebody that is very young and very alive is the gentleman who is the new center fielder for the Cincinnati Reds. You're right, but before we get to that, I want to do, do something, something else. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 because I know what you're going to do. So you okay. can go for so it. So we've got we've been sitting here, and this is <clears throat> so anybody watching on the Facebook Live um, may notice that we've got a whiteboard in between us. <clears throat> so, man, I'm hacking and snorting and everything over here. Uh, but you but need a the, life water? Nah, I'm good. I'm good. I got some water in the Reds cup. Uh, I'm such a sucker. You know why I bought this? Why did you you want to live life? Oh, it's got a basketball on it. That's the only reason you paid an extra dollar twenty for, <laughs> yeah, it is. for a bottle of water so you can get a basketball on it. Oh my god, the propaganda killed. Real me. quick, have you seen all these this stuff with all these NBA players? Uh they've all they all sit on the bench and they got their own water and it's taped because it's whatever, you know, Fiji or whatever water they're drinking. And it, it comes down to the alkaline levels in the water. Like these people won't touch certain waters because it's got higher alkalinities. Then other things. It's the create man, drink some water. It's water. All right. <laughs> yeah. It's water. My wife, God love her. She won't drink. She's always like, Oh, is that spring water? And I'm like, Well, I don't know. It's just, it's water. Might have been made in the summer. Know, but, been uh, the fall, spring the water's just got a different taste. What? You guys are crazy. Water is water. <laughs> no. It's just water. I you pour water out of a tap. Pour water out of a water bottle. Take a drink out of it. All tastes the same. Unless you're in Florida. For some reason, Florida water out of the tap, I don't know what it is about it. Maybe because you're next to the ocean, that's got a different little flavor to it. Every other water, it's water. Got to gotta give you a hard disagree on that. Okay. A hard disagree. How about this then? Yeah. I understand that. Some people can't stand the tap water. They can taste stuff in the tap water. I don't, I don't taste it. Besides that, if I were to take seven bottles of water, different bottles of water, and put them into empty cups and you were had to drink all of them could you rate which one was better than the other it would be hard and especially yeah it would be hard because you're drinking water well (laughs) but they but they do they do have little differences and it depends on what kind of cup it's in if it's a plastic cup you're tasting some of that plastic that's gonna that's gonna they're uh, all gonna be in the exact same type of cup i'm gonna get some red solo cups okay and i'm gonna pour different waters in them and i you're gonna rate the water it's water. I could I could do that. Now, I have a hard time rating anything because I can't decide on anything, but I could taste this subtle is tap water. I could taste well, I just pour I, some tap water in it. If I tasted that in this, I'm sure there's a difference. I'm sure there's a difference there. I, sure a difference. Difference. I don't because like I don't even use the refrigerator filtered water. I just fill it up. It this takes is too long. This is purified water, pH balanced with electrolytes for taste. Huh? <sighs> I'm going to live till I'm 
Electrolytes 40, don't 44. make your water taste like anything. It's water. Hey, they replant. They- What's an electrolyte for taste? What does an electrolyte taste like? Gatorade. No, no. <laughs> That's a lemon lime flavor or a whatever flavor. They all have flavors. There's a reason they have flavors because water doesn't taste like anything. I'm so this this water, like water this water crap is. <laughs> Got me. I can't even tell you how stupid it is that I can go and there are people that will buy like they go to like well, UDF. Okay, you went to UDF, get yourself a shake today. You go to the little water Say cool the bro- cool broccoli kale smoothie. Broccoli kale smoothie. Yeah, don't believe that at all. Uh, I see some chocolate chips. Is that Oreo or what'd you get there? That's no broccoli and kale both grow from the ground. Okay, that's I'm, dirt. That's <laughs> what'd you get for real? What flavor are we working on? Uh, uh, bro- broccoli and kale. <laughs> All right. Anyway, enough of that. So um, you go to UDF, you open up the cooler that has the water in it, right? Right. And it's got like a UDF water that's like sixty nine cents, mm-hmm. and then it's got uh, mountain from the ma- po- from the Porter's closet, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> mountain ice that's like a dollar. That stuff. That got- stuff's toilet water. And-, <laughs> and then you got like smart water. Okay, yeah. that water's yeah. not smart, which is you know a dollar sixty, and then you got Fiji that's like two twenty nine. I buy the UDF water every time. Why am I paying five times as much for a Fiji water in a square bottle, fancy <laughs> Mister Fancy bottle, when I can get this cheap bottle of of water? Porter's closet water. Yeah, I don't whatever a porter is. I don't know, <laughs> just water. It's all water. I'm so, I'm so irritated by this. I can't even tell you how irritated I get. Listen, about this. we need people like you to drink the nasty, dirty water for the for the people for like me, who uh, why? Well, you're not gonna buy it anyway. Maybe they'll stop making it. They need to not stop making it because when I'm on the road, I want to buy a bottle of water. I don't want to pay eight dollars for a bottle of water. Aquafina. It's for when we both die. And they can do run the test. So like I, I drank life water. You drank. You I'm drank, also I'm also a hundred pounds bigger than you and fatter, <laughs> and I eat really bad. And I eat just as bad, or wor- I bet I eat worse. I than I don't know. It might be close, but <laughs> I don't know. I I don't even know what I can. I don't even know how we got into that. It's the basketball, dumb basketball, life yeah. water. Sorry, I interrupted. That anyway, part. so we got a whiteboard in front of us. Uh, we're gonna do something that we talked about a few weeks ago. We have had, what, six now? Number ones? Six number Correct. ones in uh, college basketball this year. Uh, this has been almost a record of number ones going down uh, in, a, in a season. So we are going to start keeping track of who's number one, and then when they go down, we're just going to put a line through their name, Let's and then we're going to put the next one up. So go ahead and start us off, man. We're, I'm hoping to fill this whiteboard this year. The preseason number one was Michigan State. They lost their first game of the year to Kentucky. Michigan State's for the first one. Mish State, put it up there, buddy. <sighs> My handwriting, I hate so much, and I'm sitting. Here, it's a, here, here, take this. Do this. Do this. Do this. Do this. <clears throat> I'm gonna, Turn I'm around. Gonna just just write it in front of you. Yep. Yeah. Here's an eraser <laughs> if you don't. You're writing because your handwriting is a thousand times better than mine. All right, so after Michigan State, who did we have? Uh, Michigan State won. So Kentucky took over as the number one team, and they lost uh, their next game to Evansville. And that was within a two week in within a week span. We we're now in, in at our third, three consecutive weeks of of the top twenty five coming out, three consecutive number ones going down. After Kentucky, Duke took over. 
They lost. I think they won for a week, and their second week they lost to Stephen F. Austin. So is this just just question? At this point in time, is this showing par- more parity in college basketball, or is this just one of the years where the Blue Bloods just aren't as good? I think it might be – I think – I don't know. College basketball might just be down, period. And I think it's going to get even worse pretty soon because I think they're going to change the rule – to where you don't have that one and done anymore. I think at some point that's going to change again, or you're going to start seeing what you're already seeing more Lamello and more Ball's, now. LaMelo Ball is the number one prospect in this 2020 class, for or 2021 class, I guess, or 2020 NBA draft class. Correct. And he's playing overseas. That's right. Uh, Dar- uh, Darius Baisley, from, who was from here, uh, Princeton. Yeah. He went over and played overseas as well. He didn't. He was. He committed to Syracuse originally. Decided not to go to school. Decided to start his professional career overseas. Was drafted last year. He's playing NBA basketball now. It's. It's going to keep happening. It's going to yep. keep happening that way. They can go somewhere and make, make some, money some money for a year. Yeah. And then get ready and play against old men. <laughs> uh, correct. All right. So after uh, after that, who we got now? After, after Stephen won, F. Austin beat Duke, Louisville took over. And, Chris uh, Mack, old Mackie boy. That's right. Chris Mack's Louisville Cardinals took over. They are on a slump. They're on. They've lost like three in a row or two they in a row. Are. They are. Um, unfortunately, they play in the by far the toughest conference in the country. Sure, um, but they lost. They to, lost before the conference started, though. Correct. That then unranked Texas Tech. They're ranked now, but then unranked Texas Tech uh, took them out. The defending runner-up uh, lost in the national championship game to Virginia last year. Mm-hmm. Texas Tech did. They lost. You know, like their top. Two, two or three guys, was, or whatever. I thought it was three. I think they lost all three. Th- yeah, the yeah. top three guys. Um, so anyway, but they're uh, they're they're playing well again because they're very well coached. But at the time, they were unranked. Um, so Louisville lost. After that, Kansas took over. Uh, Kansas was, I want to say, for a week or two at the most. Yep. They got beat by Villanova. Correct. Who had already lost to somebody who wasn't very good. Then on to Gonzaga. And that's where we are now. So congratulations to Gonzaga. And they're playing today. I mean, they got San Diego today. Who knows what could happen? Uh, we might be next week. We may have another another line crossed out. But we are currently on Gonzaga. Do you know what the what the record is for most? Uh, not not. So I guess one of these guys, probably Duke is second now. So Duke would probably go back to being first. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess technically we would still write them on. But I wonder what the amount of the amount of different teams, not, not being the same teams getting to be number one again, but the amount of different teams to be number one in a season. Well, is. I'm not sure, but I know that. I bet we're close to it already. Yeah, the most there has ever been, uh, the most changes at number one there's ever been before Christmas was three. We have wow one two three four five. Correct. Jeez, Pete. So how about that? And that was just last year, actually, that that happened. So <laughs> uh, they're almost doubling up on last year. And look, hopefully this is a this is a precursor to the NCAA tournament. Hopefully we see a ton a of ton, really yeah. good games and some upsets, <clears throat> yeah. and, like we always do anyway. But I, I want to say this real quick. Uh, it is uh, it, the second half has just started. And it's in San Diego. Remember, Gonzaga's in San Diego tonight. They're up 25. They're up 40. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, the thing. I'm That's sorry. They're, it's 55-16. Okay. They're, they're up <laughs> they're 30. They're up 39. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, 
Um, 39. The yeah. thing about Gonzaga is they play that conference schedule that is the West Coast Conference. They're always – St. Mary's is usually pretty good. There's usually maybe one other team that's pretty decent that could give them a game. But uh, – and I think – actually, I think BYU is in that league, which is, is their next, I think, in two weeks or something. Well, that's, why they, that's why they put Gonzaga up there. They're tired of having all these number yeah. ones get knocked off. They and knew Gonzaga would hold on for a while. Gonzaga has a chance to run the table, honestly. They play BYU twice, and BYU's ranked – um, they actually Gonzaga already has three wins against top twenty-five teams because mm-hmm. they do play a tough non-conference schedule. They have to. Yeah, and, and uh, right, um, and that's why they're number one at this point. Yep. Um, but they uh, they they've got a you know mostly conference games the rest of the way. So they got BYU a couple times and and St. Mary's a couple times, and that's probably about it as far as uh, really contests that they're going to have to worry about. Um, so anyway, that's yeah. our that's our list, and we'll keep crossing them off as they lose. Uh, I so hope if, there's a ton more. I yeah. hope we fill. I hope we end up having to erase this and making like two columns. Uh, we probably will. All right. So uh, good. Uh, there you go. There's a, another new segment. Second new dearly departed. Uh, number one's going down. Let's bring on some something a little different. We're going to get into the national championship game, which is on Monday. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit of NFL here in a little bit. But before that, uh, the biggest news, we're a Cincinnati podcast-based podcast, so we like to do some local stuff too as well. Uh, but the biggest thing going on in Cincinnati right now is the Reds and their off-season moves. And they just picked up a uh, young, young. I was going to say a young fella, not young in the eyes of a lot of baseball guy, uh, baseball guys. But thirty-one-year-old is he thirty-one or thirty? Thirty-one. Thirty-one-year-old Shogo Akiyama. That's right. I'm pretty impressed the fact that I got that right off. That's very good, Shogo. So uh, uh, this is another outfielder for the Reds, um, which I truly believe they needed. People were talking about their outfields getting crowded. I don't think it's getting crowded. I think that any more. The Reds have even shown there's almost always somebody hurt in your outfield. And people take knee breaks. Four or five outfielders is not a bad thing to have. Uh, and that's where the Reds are right now. So I'm good with it. This dude's probably going to be do a lot, start a lot in center field. He's quick. He's going to be your leadoff guy. He's that natural left-handed, slappy, Joia uh, kind of fella uh, from Japanese. Slappy Joia. <laughs> Slappy Joia. So we used to call it. Anyway, uh. slap the ball around. Anyway, um, Slappy Kamiya Akiyama. Shogo Akiyama. So tell me about Shogo, brother. <laughs> well, he signed a three year, $21 million contract. Um, so hopefully he performs as well as he did in Japan. He was a five or six time gold glove winner there. I think that's going to be the biggest thing. Yeah. His defense, yeah. He's going to lead off. He's a left handed hitter, left handed leadoff hitter. He's got some speed, apparently. He gets on pace at a pretty, de- on base at a pretty decent rate. Um, and, you know, he, he, I don't know. He, I think he hit 300 over there, but we'll see if that He hit around 300 in, in uh, Japanese ball. He hit, he hit about 20 bombs, 20, 21 bombs. So he can get the ball out of the park. How that translates against uh, Major League Baseball pitching, uh, it's hard to say. But the Japanese league, you know, they say is one of the better leagues out there uh, anyway. So, you know, maybe it does transfer over. Either way, the big thing is you got a – Another gold glove type player in center field. You've got your leadoff hitter who gets on base way better than what we're used to in that leadoff spot over the past six years. Yeah. Uh, besides last year, obviously Hamilton's been gone for uh, a year now. So, right. But 
yeah, it's uh, it, I, I'm excited about this, man. It it really boosts it. It's a it's a it's just another piece. The Reds are really making moves to be a better baseball team. They really are. Let me ask you this: so they Nick Senzel was their number one prospect for a while, and he was a was he a shortstop first, and then a second baseman, and a third baseman, yeah. and then they. They said, okay, well, we have all those positions covered. We're going to need a – we're ready to move on from Billy Hamilton. We want you to, to learn and try out center field. In basically a spring, or I maybe he, you he know, started a little playing bit. a little yeah. bit in the minors last year or something like that. But basically very quickly they wanted him to learn center field. He did that. Was a pretty decent center fielder. He was good. Last year, yeah. Um, so he played – he was kind of the everyday center fielder for the most part last year and leadoff hitter. Mm-hmm. Where does he go now? Does he play every day in one of the corner outfield spots? Does he is it is is it Akiyama and then the two other spots are between like four other people just rotating around matchups? I, I listen. I did this the other day, and and if you had let's say you got four guys right because I mean the Reds have pretty much decided Philip Irvin is going to be their guy off the bench unless somebody's hurt. It's what Philip Irvin. It's what they've been doing. I think the guy deserves more playing time, but. It is what it is. So let's say you just basically say you got four outfielders, okay? And if somebody does get hurt, you move Philip Irvin into this too. Four outfielders, 162 games. Multiply that by three because there's three outfield spots. Divide it by four that you got your four players. You're still talking 120 games for each of these guys. So there's time. There's going to be a lot. When somebody's hot and they're playing well, they're going to be in the game. They're going to be playing, and you're going to see other things going on around it, but they're going to need breaks. You're going to see Senzel play a lot of center field. He's still going to probably get you know, 50, 60 games in center field, and maybe not that many, but around maybe around 50 games in center field. He's also going to end up playing a lot of infield. I can see him playing some some infield now if because right now if um, – uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, long hair, Freddie Galvis. Mm-hmm. Something happens to him if he gets injured. Uh, gets injured, he can he can slide in there. He's going to be what I think uh, would be your prototypical, uh, just a, a, a platoon player. He he can go every. He'll get a ton. Of, he'll play 120 to 135 games probably, but he could play everywhere. And there's no reason that he couldn't. And and I enjoy a player like that. I think he would be happy with it. He's still young. You don't have to. He he's the kind of guy that it's not going to affect him mentally, uh, because he's been playing everywhere for the last few years. He seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders. I could see him playing a lot. Maybe we get Bobby on here in a few weeks, Bobby Nightingale Jr. to talk about it and see what he thinks. Mm-hmm. But I I I still think Nixon Zell is going to get plenty of playing time, and I think Aquino's going to get. Plenty of playing time. Mm-hmm. I think these guys are all going to get a lot of playing time, but if you talk about the lineup, where's he going to go in the lineup? Uh, I don't know. Eighth? Second? Senzel. Yeah, second, eighth. I mean, I don't know. It yeah. depends on how he's hitting at the time. He's the second year in the big leagues, second full year in the big leagues. You're going to go through slumps. He could be a potential second hitter in your lineup. He could lead off a few time, uh, uh, you know, for quite a few games when Akiyama's not in, and, he's go- and he could also be a great 7-8 hitter. Uh, to, to finish off the bottom of your lineup, this that's not a bad thing to have. You know what I mean? When you're trying, when you got a guy who can hit, you know, 280, 290, steal you 30 bags and get on base at you know a, a 360 clip or 323, what he was 330 or something like that. I think was yeah. his on base a little little lower than I think people were hoping for. But he's it was his it was his rookie year, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was yeah, uh, yeah. So anyway, the. 
Um, and it, I, to your point, and Bobby Nightingale actually wrote about this. Um, they're talking about Akiyama as possibly, you know, potentially playing other outfield, all three basically outfield positions, being available to play all three outfield positions. He'll probably be the center fielder for the most part. Uh, there's, but there's no reason he shouldn't be in center field. When he's in, he should be in center field. He's a gold. He's the only Gold Glove outfielder that we have out there. Right. He needs to be in center field when he's playing. I just, I mean, if you want to give Senzel some time just to keep him working there. Uh, be, you know, because maybe he's your he's your long term center fielder, you know, and this is a three year deal, and you think that this guy's going to blow up in three years, and you're not going to be able to afford him after that. Mm-hmm. Then <clears throat> maybe you do try to still get him some time in center field, but at, uh, Akiyama should be your center fielder. He should be your your normal everyday center fielder. I think. Yeah, and I and I think that's the only scenario that it's possible that Akiyama plays in a corner outfield position is if he and Senzel are both in the same game. Um, but I don't know how often we're going to see that, and I don't, you know. I think we'll knows. see it plenty, but at the same time, when we see it, <clears throat> I don't know how often they're gonna, both going to be in the outfield. They'll be in the same game a lot. How, will they both be in the outfield? Maybe, but there's no reason I don't think that. Maybe, maybe it's easier for Akiyama to move the left or right, probably. No, he'd be well. It just depends. See, then again, it depends because now you got two lefties out there in the outfield. But there's nothing wrong with that. With with Aquino, it's gonna a lot of it's gonna depend on the pitcher, how many lefties you want in there. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's gonna depend on uh, how comfortable Sinzel is with playing another outfield position. He's got center field. He plays it well. How does that translate to a corner? You don't have anybody on either side of you. Center field is nice. You have a ton of uh, a ton of outfield that you have to cover in that case. However. If you make a mistake, you've got somebody backing you up on all sides. <clears throat> and if you're on a corner and you make a mistake towards a line, buddy, you're in trouble. Yeah. There ain't nobody backing you. you got to get your butt up and get moving. So, uh, I don't know. However however it goes, however the whole and, – and you got to remember, too, um, Michael Lorenzen is supposed to be getting more time as a two-way player as well. I mean, he, he's another guy that you honestly have to think about in the mix and the outfield. You're talking about six guys probably that can play outfield, and David Bell has already said, I am going to use Michael Lorenzen. He said that last year, and he, did, he played, what, 10 games in the outfield? Well, but, but it was late in the year, and, and David Bell said, I made a mistake. I, I should have been playing this guy way more earlier in the season in, yeah. in these roles. And he might be more of a late-inning Late inning defensive replacement or for Sinzel or something like sure, that. Sure, right? sure, and even a pinch hitter in certain, in some situations and stuff like that. So it's not like Michael Lorenzen's going to start a bunch of games in, no. in the outfield, but it's if another guy. If he starts more than fifteen games, I'd be surprised. I would too. I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you because he, he you need him. He pitched. It seemed like he pitched to me every day out of the bullpen. Yeah, and he's so. not going to play in the outfield the day after he pitched. It's just not going to happen. Right. Yeah. Um. But I mean, you know, they did they did use him a couple times in those scenarios where he pitched, went to the outfield, yeah. or went to the outfield, pitched, and went back to the outfield yeah. or whatever. Um. So th- those are kind of fun Joe Madden esque kind of moves yep. that you know yep. uh, are are fun to talk about. Um, the only other thing that these I, are all good things, by the way. People yeah. are making a big deal about how many outfielders they got and how they're going to do it. These, these are all good things. 
to sure. have to figure out. Here's the thing I think about it, though, is David Bell, I already feel kind of bad for him because whatever move he makes, however he tur- he makes <clears throat> the lineup and whoever he decides to play, if one of those guys makes a mistake on a night, David Bell's an idiot. What's he doing with this guy in this position or whatever? Listen, I mean, it happens it t- all the time. It anyway. does happen all the time, and that's part of being a manager. It is what it is. Put your big boy pants on and take it. But two, if somebody's playing well, don't stop playing them. It's that simple to me. If if they're playing well and all of a sudden a righty or a lefty's coming up to pitch, okay, that doesn't mean that. Let's say uh, Aquino, you know, hits four bombs in four days, and then a lefty comes in, and you don't want him hitting against a lefty. No, 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 no. Keep him in because then you're going to put Sinzel in, and uh, uh, all hell's going and he's going to do something, go zero for five, or something's going to happen. No, if the guy's hot, play him. Mm-hmm. There is no chance what I just said is going to happen, though. Because so? no, David Bell is such Big a by the book, huh? the yeah. by the matchups, by the 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 what do you call that now? What's that word for people that pay attention to stats and pay, like uh, like advanced uh, advanced metric metrics yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. He loves sabermetrics. He's a he's a big guy in that, and he truly believes in it, and that's a good thing. I, I understand it. I understand it. We've had this conversation before. However, man, when somebody's hot, they're hot, and I I hate when managers do that and then a guy's hotter than a firecracker and then they sit him out because they need a day off no no that guy needs to keep playing until he hits himself into a slump when he hits that slump go ahead give him a day off Mm -hmm. but let him hit him hit his way out of being hotter than a firecracker yeah yeah the only other thing about this uh shogo akiyama sighting that everybody seems to be very excited about i'm i'm kind of in the same boat that i am with uh aristides aquino that i i need to see an entire year of proof I need to see an entire year of proof. Is is his success in the Japanese league going to translate to the major to major league baseball? Same with Akiyama. He, he you know tore the cover off the ball once he made that adjustment in his in his uh, stance, his batting stance, and then he quickly got up to the big leagues and was you know was tearing the cover off the ball too mm-hmm. for the last month. Um, but the only other thing is uh, Akiyama, like everybody in this situation, talked about how excited he is to be a Cincinnati Red and all that kind of stuff. Everybody always says the right things when they sign with a new team. But the couple things that um, I, I liked and that he talked about was he said the Reds were the first team that reached out to him and were the most aggressive about it, which is something that we hadn't seen before with the Reds. Nope. Just in the last couple of years, we're starting to see that kind of stuff. They're really going after free agents and, and you know, being a little more, maybe not more active in the trade market, but but they're at least a lot more active, and it looks like they're trying to do stuff to, to, to get better. So they signed Akiyama. Um, he said he liked he liked them for that reason, and because the Reds are the very he Shogo Akiyama is going to be the first Japanese player in Cincinnati Reds history, and that yep. he he said that's a big reason he wanted to, to to go to Cincinnati as well. And the Reds are the very last team in Major League Baseball to never to not have is that right? a Japanese player. The yeah. oldest team in bench in in baseball history, and they've never in the last team to get a Japanese player. So well, that's good. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited for him. I'm excited for the Reds. This team has really got me excited in general, mm-hmm. all around. We're gonna get more into that as the year, uh, as the as the winter progresses uh, into spring. Uh, but until then, let's uh, let's talk uh, let's talk about this. What do you, what do you want to you want to go? You want to talk about some national championship ba- uh, football, or do you want to talk about some NFL playoff football? I'm leaving that up to you. Let's go to the uh, let's go to this national championship game. The Buckeyes lost to. 
uh, our friends down in Clemson. Do you know where Clemson's at? What state Clemson's South in? South Carolina. Uh, North. South Carolina. South Carolina? I don't know. Georgia, South Carolina. I have no it's idea. North or South Carolina. I think it's South Carolina. South Carolina. Uh, anyway, um, so you got Clemson and uh, Alabama lost to uh, – L- Oklahoma lost to LSU. I'm sorry. Oklahoma lost to LSU. Alabama. I'm just so used to having Alabama in there. Uh, Oklahoma lost to LSU, uh, which puts the former – the soon-to-be uh, quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals in the national championship game against Trevor Lawrence. You got Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, so this, those are the two big names in this, of course. Uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, has one more year he's got to play, I believe, in college football. So yeah. uh, he cannot leave early. However, uh, Joe Burrow can, and he is, and uh, soon to be a Cincinnati Bengal. But, but he's got one more big game left to go. You got any predictions on this? Should let's we sh- you know what we should we should make a bet on this game. Neither of us are huge college football guys, right? Right. Neither of us get into college football. I mean, we bo- we both watch it when it's on a little bit here and there. We don't have a college football team. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't we don't root crazy. We don't spend our Saturdays watching that. We would rather watch an NBA game, a college basketball game, or a baseball game. <clears throat> so we should make a bet for this uh, LSU LSU Clemson game. What do you think? Sure, we can do that. All right. So well, does, that means we have to take opposite teams, right? Yeah, or, I'm gonna take the opposite of whoever you take. Oh, you can't just do that. Why? We gotta if we if we actually choose if we actually think predict the same winner, then I think we shouldn't bet. Okay, I'm good with that. Let's uh let's pull this up. So I'm gonna pull up. I'll tell you what. I'm gonna write down my prediction. You write your prediction down, and then that way. Are we going against the spread? Or are we going straight up? I think we go straight up. You want to go straight up? I think so. As a as a novice, a novice gambler, I uh, I like going straight up. Okay, I'm I'm totally good with that. So straight up, LSU versus Clemson. Both teams are undefeated. The um, the game itself is coming up. Let's see here on Monday, and just to let you know. That the spread is six. six LSU favored by six. Right. So, uh, Clemson, LSU. <laughs> so, I've written mine down. You're right. writing yours down. You, you you just wrote it down? Yep. On the count of three, say what it says. Ready? One, two, three. Clemson. Clemson. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm taking LSU. <laughs> you don't have to take LSU. I really think LSU is going to win, but I said Clemson because I thought you, you thought were going to say gonna LSU. LSU. Now I'm going to tell you right now. I no, I take that back. I do think Clemson is going to win this game. They're they're better coach team. Uh, I love I love Louisiana's coach, uh, LSU's coach. Uh, I can't even think of his name it's off the top of my head. Orgeron. Yeah, Ed Orgeron. He's the biggest Cajun that ever walked the face of the earth. Isn't it funny to I, hear him talk? God love that man when he opens his mouth. It, it, re- <laughs> it makes my heart warm. It warms me inside. It reminds me of the old man and the water boy that yes, you can't understand a word exactly he said. exactly what he is. That's exactly who I see is the old man and the water boy. <laughs> no idea which, what you just said. Which also took place in the bayou. In, in the bayou, exactly. Louisiana. He's got that Cajun, got that Cajun deal going on. Um, and Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow. The guy's been has been straight fire 55 55 touchdowns this year six interceptions 55 
touchdown, six interceptions. It's impressive. King, the the boys are going to be pretty excited with him here. He's gonna he's gonna look good in stripes. He's gonna go from one tiger to another tiger. That's right. Um, but yeah, the thing that I I didn't realize until I was looking at this, Clemson has not lost since Trevor Lawrence got there and took over as quarterback. Yeah. In two years, they have not lost. Yeah. They're on a twenty-nine. I think it's twenty-nine game win streak or something like that. I'm going to tell you, Trevor Lawrence got that. You, know, I don't know if you want to call it a down tick or whatever you want to call it, but he they they struggled in a couple games and and they, you know, he had some some weird stuff go down in the off season. Uh, but he's you know they kind of talked down about him. You know they who they played and things like that. But they are here again and they mm-hmm. beat a really really good Oklahoma team, uh, undefeated once again. Uh, he's he's thrown for about two thousand yards less than Joe Burrow. He's got a you know almost twenty uh, touchdowns less and two more interceptions. But I'm telling you right now, this Trevor Lawrence kid, I I I don't I think Joe Burrow's a better NFL quarterback than Trevor Lawrence is. But I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a very good NFL quarterback in the next couple years. And I'm excited to see this game because of those two quarterbacks play. But I still think Clemson the <laughs> It, it, until Clemson goes down, it's Alabama and Clemson. And until Clemson loses, now that then then prove me wrong. Until I get proved wrong, it's just like with Alabama for those twelve years that they went on their stupid run. You know, they won eight championships or whatever it is. It's like okay, until you can prove it, then I'm sticking with Alabama. Well, Alabama ain't in it, so Clemson's knocked them off. Was two out of the last three years. So yeah. They're going for three out of four, and they're yeah. going for two straight. And, uh, yeah, like I said, they, they haven't lost in two years, and uh, that's impressive to me. And I LSU looks right now, the way they dominated the semifinal game and the way they've looked really all year, it just looks like that's why they're a six-point favorite, I'm sure. Also, they're playing at home, basically. <laughs> they're yeah. playing in New Orleans. Is Trevor Lawrence um, not able to come out and play? You got to How many years you got to play football? I'm pretty sure it's three. You have to play three years? Mm-hmm. Man, that's ridiculous. Sure. Yep, and it might be it might be so many year three years from your uh, high school graduation. So maybe there like are that. some like so redshirt red sophomore right. they can they can come out. Okay. Yeah, that may be the case. Um, so anyway, we might be looking at the number this year's number one draft pick and next year's number one yeah, draft pick in this definitely, game. Definitely, without a doubt. Uh, so anyway, that's going to be very interesting. Joe Burrow, obviously uh, the Heisman Trophy winner, and. Um, it's uh, I'm not making a bet. I'm so irritated. <laughs> I want to make a bet on this game. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I'm, I'm thinking it should be a really, really good game. I'm hoping it's a really close game if I even watch it. Um, I will 100% watch it. I watch. I, I I love anything that has to do with people winning a championship. Here's why. What it is. Here's why I'll watch it because it's it, it, it's an eight o'clock start time, which means it's going to start about eight twenty. Or something like that. So it's going to get over at like 11:30 at night. I'm I'm going to come home from practice and it's going to be just coming on, and that's just gonna it's what's going to be on. It's what's you know? on. Yep. So I'm going to check that out and then I'll flip over to uh, I'll flip over to whatever basketball game's going on and then I'll flip over to, um, you know I'll flip over to uh, uh this game. This game, and I'll flip over to a basketball game, and I'll flip over to. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of. A, I agree. I'm with you. <laughs> Antiques Roadshow, and then I'll flip there over you to. Go. There you go. Uh, 
property hunters. Yeah, property hunters. <laughs> tree tree house. Uh, tree house and the tree house builder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so that's about as much as you're going to get out of us for college football. Uh, what do you say we get into uh, the NFL playoffs, man? There's just some really fun, some really fun games. This is it's turning. The NFL is turning. Uh, you can see, you can see the NFL turning a corner when it comes to quarterback play. Uh, Breeze is out. Uh, uh, Brady's out. You got, you've got, um, you've got uh, Houston's uh, Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. You've got Lamar Jackson. You've got who? (laughs) Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is in there. You know, the only old guy, Jimmy Garoppolo, I put in there. Even Kirk Cousins, I almost put in with those younger group of guys, even though he may be more in the middle and, and he's not regarded. Is as high as them, even sure. though he's every year he puts up phenomenal numbers, um, and uh, so so when you look at that, and you look at who's who's in these games, and you got Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers playing each other at six forty on Sunday, those are the two old the old guys left, right? Those are the two veteran old veterans left. And everybody else is a bunch of young guys. You got Kirk Cousins. You got Jimmy Garoppolo. You got uh, the Titans have uh, Tannehill, who's playing out of his mind, playing against um, uh, the Ravens and and Lamar Jackson. You got the one that I really like that I think is going to be a fun game is that Texans-Chiefs game where you got Deshaun Watson going up against um, Pat Mahomes. Yeah, got Russell Wilson. There's a lot of really, really good quarterback play that's in these that's in these playoffs. Every team has a really really good quarterback. Mm-hmm. To maybe take out Tannehill, but Tannehill's been the best quarterback over the last five weeks of the NFL season, so he's in there now. So this is going to be a lot of fun. It's go, you're going to get to see a whole lot of really good offense. A lot of these teams have really good defenses, so it'd be interesting to see how these guys try to do it. The Titans got a really good defense, so it'll be interesting to see what they're going to do with Lamar Jackson. But um, I heard this thing. I heard a story that in Pittsburgh, when when Baltimore played Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh called this guy. He's an ice fisherman who played at South Dakota State, and he was a dual threat quarterback, uh, one of the best forty times that they could find. But he was a year out. Of, he was a year or two out of college, and he's a all he does is ice fish, I guess now. But he was at a bar. He was in the bar. He was at the barber getting his hair cut. And he got a call from the Pittsburgh Steelers to see how fast he could get down there. They hired him on the practice squad for a week to be Lamar. They didn't even call him by his name. They called him Lamar all week. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. I didn't know that. That's a great idea. But, I mean, you got to find somebody out that you can mimic the best mimicking of Lamar Jackson you can because that's hard to find. Your practice quarterbacks are not Lamar Jackson. Correct. So it's real interesting. So uh, let's go over, man. Uh, What do you think, Vikings, Niners? Oh, boy, am I rooting hard for the Vikings. I'm rooting hard for the Vikings. Uh, I think the 49ers are a better team, um, and and they're playing in San Francisco. I I mean, I think the 49ers I win this game. I hate San Francisco 49ers. I don't like them. Yeah. They well, beat the Bengals twice in the in the they the the in the Super Bowl. The only uh, two Super Bowls they John made. Taylor ruined my my seven year old childhood. Mm-hmm. See how old was I? Five years old. Ruined you know ruined most of my childhood uh, in the back of the end zone. Um, so yeah, I'm going Kirk Cousins, man. You I, like that? I you have, like that. I have, you like that. Did you see that when my when the Vikings won that? The whole team was in there. Did you ever see Kirk Cousins came off the field and he's yelling, "You like that." 
you like that? And I they got him recorded that. as a big meme or something like that. I have two questions about that. Number one, do you think that Kirk Cousins and DeMarcus Cousins are cousins? Wow, man, that's deep philosophy right there, brother. I think they're cousins. I think they're long-lost cousins. Hmm. Yeah, that's I'm what I sorry, think. they they didn't use GPS? Yeah. Huh, that's tough. Um, and my other question is, did you see... <laughs> Did you see the story about so uh, the Vikings upset the Saints um, in their in the wild card round? Congratulations to uh, Kyle Rudolph, uh, elder alum, uh, Panther. Of, congratulations, pride, proud of Panther Nation, proud of Elder High School. Yeah. Um, did you hear the story about what happened with his gloves? I did. I did hear the story. The Stugats is strong in this fella. Whoever did this. So yeah. So the I just heard it uh, earlier today. But if you didn't hear it, uh, Kyle Rudolph. Tight end for the Vikings caught the touchdown pass, the the game-winning touchdown pass in overtime, and a member of the media asked him for his gloves that he caught the touchdown pass with for charity, yeah, to donate to charity. Kyle immediately turns around, being the great guy he is, said, yeah, of course. You want me to sign them for you? Mm -hmm. And even sign the gloves. Sign the gloves. Next day... I don't know if it was the next day. It was. But it was the next day. Three hundred fifty dollars sold on uh, sold on eBay. Sold on eBay. So uh, the, the guy, you know, I I don't know. I, I I don't know if he was. Maybe he was selling it and gonna donate the three fifty to charity. Who knows? But it doesn't sound like that's what happened. Doesn't say anything. I read the I read the eBay uh, what it was, and it just says it's those gloves. Doesn't say anywhere in the whole syllabus that they're being donated. The money's being donated to charity or anything. Most of the time when you have that, it's a silent auction. I was going to say, <laughs> another quick side thing, how do you donate gloves to a charity? Well, it's it's you don't donate the gloves. You, you sell you, them. You, the gloves are, yeah, the gloves go to a silent auction for the charity or they go to a one of the charity's events to be sold that way for the which, money to go to charity. Which is why maybe the guy was selling them on eBay to get the money for Yeah, the charity of uh, the I charity know. of Chris Witt's back pocket. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But the cool part of, of this is the guy that ended up buying them found out afterwards that that's how the you know, that's what the story was. That's how yeah. the guy that sold them to him got the gloves and the lie that he told or whatever. So he reached that fan, reached obviously probably a big Vikings fan, reached out to Kyle Rudolph, told him about it or whatever. I have the gloves. I didn't know this was what was going on. Yeah. I will donate that money or donate the gloves to, to raise money for whatever your charity is, your favorite charity. Really? I didn't know that. Yes. And so so Kyle Rudolph said, that's awesome. Yeah, let's do that. And he said he already like committed to giving and next. I, as I say, and I guarantee he gave him all kinds of yeah. crap. He, yeah. he, he's, he told him he's going to give his gloves that he's wearing this week. Uh uh, against the 49ers to the to the guy, and I'm sure he's doing a bunch of other stuff for I the guy. Too. Um, but anyway, kind of a cool story. Yeah, Rudolph was a little disappointed about it. He got on the Twitter and said, and and, and he and he said it was a member of the media, and then he had to do another one because people, I guess, were getting upset at Minnesota media or something like that. And he had to say, listen, this is not a local guy or a national guy. The place was a was a madhouse. Um, Blah blah blah. He probably stole some guy's media credential and walked in, and who knows? Whatever. Anyway, so yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that yet. I don't know if I'm like, hmm, hmm, that was a pretty savvy little move on your end, or if I'm like, yeah, it was kind of a turd move. <laughs> that was dishonest. Yeah. It was dishonest. Um, but you know, the the most important thing of this whole the Vikings 49ers game is trying to figure out whether Kirk Cousins and Demarcus Cousins are cousins. Now that's all during during the game. That's what I'll be looking up. 
what Saturday do you think? at four thirty-five. Yeah, Vikings or 49ers? Uh, not cousins. So forty ers gotcha. I feel like they're not cousins. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Which is the most important? Who cares about winning? I thought the that's game? what we were talking about. We are talking about that. If we're talking <laughs> about the game, we're talking about that. That's right. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. On the uh, the other Saturday game is Titans Ravens in Baltimore. Obviously, um, the the Titans were nine and seven in the regular season. Baltimore was fourteen and two, best record in the league. Uh, they did not play each other in the regular season. Neither did the Vikings 49ers, by the way. Uh, so this is the late game on Saturday. You got Titans or Ravens? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Lamar Jackson. This team's the, the way that they do, the way that he plays. He he also led the league in touchdowns, in throwing, in passing touchdowns. So besides being the first player ever to throw for 3,000 yards and run for 1,000 yards, he also led the league in passing touchdowns with 36. So uh, I'm going with Lamar because even if you do find a way to slow him down. My man learned how to sling it. Yeah, he he's did. He's learned how to sl- – I mean, I shouldn't say learn how to sling it. He could always sling it, but he's learned how to sling it better. Yeah. Yep, he's really turning himself into a pretty complete quarterback, honestly, yeah. in a very quick amount of time, which brings me to my one question about this game. This is his – as good as he was all season, he's a very young guy, and this is his first playoff experience. I thought they. I thought he lost in the playoffs last year. Did they make it to the play? I, I didn't thought think he they made, made the playoffs. Last uh, year. Maybe not. Either way, uh, I'm not worried about that at all. This dude's okay. got. This dude's. He's he's what two years in now, three years in, and he's got a head on his shoulders where he wants to prove everybody wrong, and that kind of stuff doesn't seem like it gets to him. It seems like it, if anything, it motivates him. He's a very motivated player, and he talks about how he uses these things. He's you know in his in his press conferences, he's he was constantly saying early in the year, not bad for a running back, huh? Not bad for a running yeah, back. Yeah. Not bad for a running back. He so. really is. He's two positions at one time. He is. He is. Um, okay, so I'm 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 with you. I'm going Ravens there. Now on he Sunday. He was fifth in the league in rushing. Or some or tenth in the league. Something like that. He was in the top ten in the league in rushing. That's impressive. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It's <laughs> stupid. That's impressive. <clears throat> All right. So on to the next day. Uh you got Texans Chiefs in Kansas City. Who you like? Uh, you know what, man? I'm going with the Texans in this game. You got J.J. Watt, who is uh, seemed fresh as uh, fresh to death. You know, not played all year. Came or I don't know if he didn't play all year, but didn't play most of the year. Came out first game in forever and looked like he was J.J. Watt. And you combine that with uh, merciless and the other. Real quick, I had this conversation uh, last week with a guy. If your if your first name is Whitney. Your last name has to be Merciless, right? Like if I'm if you're a dad and you're gonna name your son Whitney, he's gotta have a badass last name like Merciless <laughs> to, to make up for being named Whitney. Right? I guess so, yeah, because the only other Whitney's I can think of are Houston and Cummings. Yeah. So I mean that's what I'm saying. Like it, like if you're if if I'm a dad and my last name is something hard, you know, something badass like Merciless, I feel like, okay, yeah. The old lady wants to name him Whitney. Eh, I'll give you that one. He's got my last name. We're good. It's a pretty tough football name. It is. Yeah. Whitney Merciless. <laughs> All right. Anyway. So you like the Texans in the I'm going to take there. the Texans. Yep. I'm going to take the Texans. They they can get at Mahomes uh, and they're quick with four and uh, coverage downfield. Hopefully be able to slow that down. I, I can see that being a Texas win. Deshaun Watson is top five quarterback in the league and – so is Pat Mahomes, so this will be fun. I think uh, maybe just to go uh, opposite you, I'll go Chiefs. 
Um, they had a they had a sort of a, I don't know if it's a rough start, but they had a slower start than a lot of people were expecting. Well, Mahomes has been hurt all year. I mean, he's playing through all kinds of injuries, and he he is playing differently. Uh, he's still phenomenal, but he's playing differently. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, they you know for how for the kind of a slow start to begin the season, they were still twelve and four in the regular season. You know, they're still they're still the Chiefs. Um, uh, I was gonna try to change your mind if you said the Chiefs because the, I was going to tell you that the Texans won in Kansas City in October by a touchdown uh, but you already said Texans upset here I'm doing uh, it buddy even though that even though they beat them once uh, earlier in the season I still think that would be considered an upset certainly um, all right Seahawks Packers is the other game on Sunday all right so I'm gonna go with Green Bay because every, nobody's taking Green Bay everybody's giving Aaron Rodgers a hard time saying this team's not doing very well here lately blah 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 Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson the Saint this Seattle team has played more one is one more one possession games than anybody uh, almost every game's one possession game and when you win a ton of games like that you have a confidence and you don't mind playing in playoff games because they're gonna be close mm-hmm. and you have the confidence to come out and win those games so uh, I'm I'm gonna, but but something about Aaron Rodgers that I love, and I'm gonna take Aaron Rodgers. Okay, I, uh, I have no nothing else except for the fact that I love Aaron Rodgers. You know, I don't have a lot here either. Your I, brother. These are two good. Yeah, these are two good. Uh, these are two really good teams. And and yeah, the Packers stink. The Packers stink at a 13 and three pace this season. By the way, I don't mean they um, stink. I'm saying no, they they've been getting all kinds of. of That's of, what I mean. Yeah, you're you're you saying th- you would a lot think of people they do saying. stink. Now their conference isn't that great, so yeah. Uh, so we'll see. I mean they they're playing uh, a, a really good Seattle Seahawks team. So uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with the Packers too in that. Um, we'll uh, we'll go Packers there. And uh, that wraps up this week of the Real quick, what I want to do is I'm going to go to Green Bay, Wisconsin, and look at their 10-day forecast because I thought I heard somebody say they're supposed to get dumped on. Ooh, on Sunday. Yeah, Yeah, snow showers on Saturday uh, into Saturday night, 23 degrees, high of 22 on Sunday. Uh, I think that can be a big – that's going to be a big part of it. I think you're going to – if they end up getting dumped on, 70% chance of precipitation – on Saturday, it doesn't say how much that they're supposed to get, but I heard that they're supposed to get dumped on. So that's I'm I'm man, you put Aaron Rodgers in the snow, dude. The dude's born to play, and and he's born to play out there. It's either going to be a really fun game to watch if it's snowing like or it's crazy, gonna suck. or it's going to suck. <laughs> it's going to be very a lot sloppy. of running backs, a lot of running, a lot of running back, a lot of defense, and it might be it. And Chris, a hail mary at the end of the game, <laughs> right? Um. Very last segment of our of our podcast. Yeah, uh, it's the comedy segment. Slowly becoming my favorite segment. Certainly, and mine as well. Yeah, um, and and we'll I'm sure we'll launch a separate comedy podcast at some point here. But uh, for yeah, now, we've got to we, when we find time to do. When it, we right? find when time, we get the time when we get time to do. <laughs> once a separate we perfect comedy podcast. Once we perfect this podcast, then we'll we'll launch another one. Okay, just about sounds comedy. like we're not. Sounds like we're never going to launch another <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, so anyway, but we we chose uh, we're we're by the way, uh, good call by you. 
uh, several weeks ago. We're going to try to do mostly like newer release stuff that's found on Netflix. Yeah. I feel like most people can relate to that. Most people have Netflix or whatever, have somebody's password or whatever. Exactly. Um, Give me, and, hit me up if you need a password. I'll hook you up with a password so right. you can, uh, so you can, <laughs> so you can get on there and watch it if you want to. But we like for you to watch them with us and, uh, you know, then listen to what we think and throw a comment uh, on the FaceTube or on the tweet box or, or in any of the podcast platforms that you listen to. Speaking of that, shame on me. I'm just now remembering to open up this, uh, <laughs> open up and see about some uh, See some if there's comments. been any comments. Well, while you open that up and take a look at it, we did uh, who I, I called him George Yang. His name is Ronnie Chang. We did Ronnie Chang, and the special was called, I can't even remember what it's called. Now I got to pull it back up. Uh, what was the Asian special Asian Comedian called? Destroys America. That's it. Asian, Asian Comedian Destroys America. I'm going to get this thing started. Do it. What do you What do you like? I what do you hate? complained about bottled water for a little while here today. Yep. And uh, this dude was saying all what just made fun of stuff that happens in America and and things like that. I loved every second. Maybe not every second. It was a couple parts that I kind of dulled off, but almost every second of this podcast, I'm going four and a half highs. This dude cracked me up i ain't lying to you dude i was dying laughing the whole time i watched this podcast or this the time i watched this comedy special this is gonna be the first time that we completely disagree isn't it christopher james witt Uh it's so funny that you said that i wasn't expecting that i didn't expect you to hate him or anything but i just didn't expect a four and a half is it the highest you've given it's the highest i've never given a dave Chappelle got a four and a half out of me uh and and this got a four and a half yeah this, he's one of, this dude's one of my new favorite comedians. Incredible. He was he was trying to bring around a joke, and it was and uh, I can't remember which one it was. It was towards the end, and I was like, "Oh, that didn't work very well." Turns out he was using that to bring around another part of the New York subway part, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, you did that was great. Yeah. Oh, it cracked me up, man." The New York subway thing. Oh my gosh, he has he's he tells the story of trying to get to the plane. And, and and when he tells a story early on about the subway and and how ridiculous people are in the subway and then he makes eye contact with a guy and the guy just risks his life and shoves his foot in the door of the subway <laughs> so he can get in. Oh my gosh. I, I please listen to this Ronnie Chang. I don't want to ruin any for you guys, but if you did listen to it, uh all around this guy cracked me up. I wish I would have taken notes, uh, but I would have had a whole page of stuff that I would have just kept writing and writing and writing and writing. And, and, and it's funny that you said that because uh, it's funny that you said that because it's a comedy segment. But it's also funny that you said that because um, you hated I, it. I start no, I started writing notes down too, and I felt the same way. I I, I was like. I'm just going to stop writing notes because I like everything this guy says. Yes. I'm just going to write everything He's down. so great. He was outstanding. I really, really like this guy. Yes. Um, I his, his whole first part about he did such a good job of like talking about the excess in America, yes, the abundance, exactly, I think he called exactly. it. And, and the, the, the napkin stuff. Oh, my God. I was so dead. funny. This is so true. <laughs> We threw. I went to. I went to Five Guys today, dude. I went to Five Guys, and they gave us. They gave us the burgers in a bag. It was a bunch of us winning. Burgers were in a bag. Fries were in a bag. Both bags had eight inches thick of napkins. That they. It was ridiculous. It's so funny because today I went to. I stopped at Subway for uh, for lunch, 
And uh, I got, you know, I finished my lunch and everything at work and I had a stack of napkins <laughs> and I thought about him and I thought about that joke and I kind of chuckled to myself and I kept him and I brought him home and yes. I put him on my counter like, I'm going to use these. I'm not going to throw them away. Exactly. Because he was talking about how we somehow throw away more napkins than we <laughs> than even we get. Use. We get <laughs> a we giant get, yes. stack of napkins. We <laughs> get, throw away we get more. 15 napkins and we throw away 80 or whatever he said. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, he was really, really funny and he's he talked about... uh. He's like, we're, you know, we're bringing back all this vintage stuff. He's like, he's like, we got the measles again. Yeah. He's like, America, America becomes more hipster every year. We're bringing back organic small batch diseases. <laughs> he oh, had, I, I mean, that was those were a couple of things, and he had, he was really, he really good. Talked about China. He talked about Japan. He's been all over the place. He told some really funny. He he told some really funny jokes. He did. He did. He had race stuff like so many comedians do, but yep. he, you know, we don't hear a lot of race stuff from uh he was uh he's chinese he's malaysian i guess but he's i guess chinese technically um so and he so he you know it was a different perspective he's like he he said um he said he (laughs) said chinese people are or asian people are the best referees for the (laughs) for the war between black people and white people because we don't like either yeah he's like we don't give you a guys, shit. you guys don't care about us and, and we, we don't, don't care, care about either one of you <laughs> <laughs> he's like we are the most objective people you can oh, you can have that. officiate that so great when he he told a joke he said asian asian parents asian parents always want their kids to be to be doctors but yeah. they also will never go to a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they, they just only, take your money. They only want you to go to a doctor so you can make a bunch of money. They don't even care what you what it, they just want you to be able want to be able to brag about how much money you make. <laughs> but they won't go to a doctor. Yes, right. this dude's great. Please watch his. Oh my gosh, I could keep every time you say something, I'm just gonna start laughing. So I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Uh, now i his pace was really good yeah. like he was joke after joke after joke it wasn't so fast you couldn't keep up right. but it wasn't it wasn't like slow and like you know methodical mm-hmm. it was it was joke after joke and it was he did a great job i th- i feel like he's a smart comedian he did some smart jokes you can tell he's been doing it for a long time and he has and and he did a great job of mixing like the smart stuff with he'll still he'll still curse and he'll still yeah. say some potty stuff you know what i mean right, and, right, and right. he does a great job of mixing that up so you're like well this guy's not a dirty comic but he's not a clean comic <laughs> but he's like a, just a good balance of yeah. everything i just started thinking of his wife's friend <laughs> he started talking with his yeah. hand on his face. <laughs> and he started using his hand like a duck, smacking his face with it when he's talking about his friend asking him, what do you do? Uh, and he hates to say that he's a comedian because he immediately did all the same thing. Yeah. I work, I, I do like five to six shows. I do three to five shows a night. Oh, when next time you play, let me know. Okay, I just told you. I do five to six. <laughs> Oh my God! It was so great. Yeah. This dude was phenomenal, and this I, brings me back real quick mm-hmm. to what we kind of talked about with Tiffany Haddish, where when we first see these people, they crack us up because they're talking about their life and the craziness of their life, right? Uh, uh, before they become big, and then when they become big, sometimes their specials start dawning off a little bit because they don't have the trials and tribulations that a real comic needs to have to do a good show. Uh, it doesn't need to have, but what they maybe how they came up or what you know what their joke started with, what made him really funny, and I think that's a big reason why I love this guy so much. I never heard him, and he came out and just killed it. 
Ronnie Chang. Ronnie Chang is very, very good. If you haven't seen it yet, it's probably popped up as one of the popular things on Netflix or whatever if you come uh, up on it not may, Netflix. It may not uh, on some people's because all I, all I really watch is Netflix, but like we have everybody in my family has a different – like when you come on to Netflix – I have to choose Chris, Aaron, yeah. uh, Parker, or Carter and Finley. Like have their own. Yeah. yeah. And when you go to like their stuff, no con- like Aaron on hers, no comedy ever pops up right away. On mine, it's always the next comedy special. Yeah. Because that's what I watch when I get on there and look Same, at it. Same, yeah. So you may or may not have seen it, but if you start watching comedy specials, it, he will pop up. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. So definitely check it. It's worth checking out. We both agree on that. I wrote down 3.9 Haas because I was wow. just so worried about committing to four. What? But really? after your four and a half, I think I'm bumping it to four. You're I going think straight? I'm just yeah, going four, give him yeah. four, man. Dude, he yeah. was great. That was a great special. He was really, really good. Oh, my God. I laughed. I laughed so hard that I started watching it thinking, oh, this will be okay, and I was making, uh, I was making lunch. Uh, over the weekend, I think it was, and, and I'm and I'm cooking, and I'm just cooking, and I had to turn the stove off, and I walked over, and I just sat on the couch and watched the rest of it because <laughs> I couldn't focus. I kept rewinding to listen to it again, and I'll no, I got to sit down and focus because this yeah. dude is killing me. Yeah, I I'm very guilty of turning something on, whether it's Netflix or just any TV. A lot of yeah. a lot of times, I'll turn on a game, and I sit there and play on my phone, yeah. and I look up and I realize twenty minutes just passed, and I have no idea what just happened or what right. was just said on the TV or yeah. whatever. I I was I was into this one. I was yeah. into this one. This was good. Yeah, it was this it was, was good. good. Which brings us to what we're gonna watch next week. This week, so uh, please get on. Tell us what you think about Ronnie Chang. Uh, or George Yang, whichever one you listen to, uh, <laughs> Ronnie Chang. Uh, uh, but uh, when you get on, uh, let us know what you think. You can hit Adam on the tweet box. Let him know uh, at uh, Adam Schmidt forty four. Right. And right. I'm at Sick With It. If you want to hit me up, S I C W H I T T I T. Um. So, so what are we gonna do next? What do we want the people to watch with us this week? Uh, like I said before, we're trying to get. Keep it relatively newer releases, uh, mostly just on Netflix. Um, so we we talked about a handful of them before that we before we came on the podcast, and I think we decided somebody we've talked about several times. You know, juggled back and forth whether we want to do it or not. I, I want to go into this with a positive attitude. I'm going to try to do that as well. I'm going to try to do that as well because it's been a long time. I've seen a couple of specials uh, from the guy we're going to do. It's Jeff Dunham. Yep. Uh, a ventriloquist. Ventriloquist comedian. Which is really weird for me to think. I've seen some of his stuff, and it's been kind of funny, and some of it seems kind of gimmicky. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how I'm going to feel about this. Uh, you know, it makes me feel like a weird child or something to be watching this kind of, even though he's not the childlike when he does his comedy. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, we both kind of feel weird watching a guy with a hand up a puppet's butt uh, <laughs> trying to talk with his mouth closed. Yeah. For me, you know, the ones that I saw years ago, I just didn't think it was good original stuff. I, I thought it was mostly like older crowd uh, stock jokes. You know, he has this like, uh, like, the I don't old know, like Muslim the terrorist oh, or yeah, something yeah. He's guy. Got, he's got like a just, hot pepper. That just keeps saying death to America. Like, that's not funny to me, you yeah, know? I don't yeah. know. It's just – but anyway, I, I, I want to go into this thing. A lot of people love Jeff Dunham. A lot of people think he's yeah. really, really funny. Um, they're all aunts and uncles and grandmas and grandpas, but – no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, 
but but you know it's been a while, so I'm, I want to try to go in as objective as I possibly can with a fresh a fresh mind. I'm going to try to pretend like I've never seen this guy before ever, and uh, and and I'm going to be ready to laugh. I want to laugh. I want to laugh at Jeff Dunham. I'm going to try to go into it with that mentality. I tell you, it looks like he's got quite a. I mean, he's got one. He's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He's got eight specials on Netflix. He's cranked them out. And the, he's done two back-to-back, basically. Uh, yeah. He just did the Jeff Dunham Beside Himself, mm-hmm. uh, which we talked about watching but never did. Instead, now we are going to watch Jeff Dunham Unhinged in Hollywood. That's right. That's oh, wait a minute. Why are we doing that? That was in 2015. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, it just popped up on my radar, but that was in 2015. Maybe we should do Beside Himself, wow. which is his new one, 2019. Let's do that one. Okay, so it's Jeff Dunham Beside Himself. That's the one we're doing. I just clicked on it and saw that. So Jeff Dunham Beside Himself, uh, new special from a few months back. Uh, I think it was like October when this came out, if I'm okay. not mistaken, somewhere that's, that's around new, there. That's new enough. Yeah. So, oh, definitely new enough. Uh, so there we go. Jeff Dunham Beside Himself. Check it out. The last thing I don't think I said this on our last podcast because it was two weeks ago, but I I and stop me if I if I did, um, I bought myself a Christmas gift over the nice. holiday season. What'd you get, buddy? And because this is part of the comedy segment, um, I saw a. Oh, I feel yeah. like I said this. Did I talk it. about yeah. it? The John, time, the John, time, life. Yeah. George Carlin. George Carlin box set. Yeah. It's twelve DVDs. I finally got it. Did you get into it at all? I I've watched. I think the one DVD so far. Yeah. So I got a lot of material still to go, and I'm very very excited about that yeah. because I you know even though I've seen probably half of them. Right. Um. It's it's all fourteen of his HBO specials plus like. Most of the TV appearances he did, all the Carson appearances and um, a couple other shows. This guy started comedy in the 50s. He started yeah. comedy in the 50s, like late 50s. Yeah. But he was he looked like a totally different person when he, he first did. started. And he, yeah. was a, he was a different comedian. He started out just doing like clean, like regular jokes that every comedian did. And then at some point he was like, and he wore a suit. He was clean shaven. Really? Yes. And then he, at some point, was like, you know what? This isn't really me. He said, you know what? It's, it's the 60s. Really I'm a hippie. And I'm <laughs> right. just going to be a hippie for the rest of my life. But it was it, he wasn't really being himself. He was just trying to, like, you know, be a comedian. What sure. he thought he was supposed to be like. Yeah. Uh, so he started, you know, he took the... Took the suit off, started throwing some sweatpants on, and uh, grew a beard, and and uh, became funnier, in my opinion. So anyway, oh, yeah. I got a lot of lot of stuff to go. I'm really excited about the his sets from like the old shows, and and uh, he had he had his own show for a short time. I think it was on NBC or something like that. Um, which George Carlin can't do a lot of George Carlin stuff on NBC. No, not on but NBC, not not on NBC. Being funny, uh, he 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 can still come up with some with some good stuff, uh, and have it be semi-clean i guess yeah um but anyway it was really and the one thing on the one dvd that i've seen that i thought was really cool he did it like a set i think it was at usc um on campus and he was just like outside and he just had like a microphone it was it was a long time ago but it was him and he had um bb king 
and another wow. uh um shoot i'm gonna forget her name now but like a famous singer from like the 60s or whatever yeah. and he had like he said he did like 10 minutes or whatever and then he had them come on introduce them and like had them sing and like went over and talked to bb king for a minute had him do another song came back did another 10 or 15 minutes of stand it was really cool wow that seems so like cool. that would be pretty cool i'd be into that but yeah <clears throat> yeah, well, good for you, man. I'm glad to. I'm yeah. glad to hear you finally got that box set. It's cool, and uh, and are enjoying it. And the very last thing I have for tonight, uh, in the comments, okay, we had a few, uh, and the last one is, when are you going to wear those Daisy Duke softball shorts again? Oh, have I worn those on a podcast? I don't think you've worn them on the podcast. No, certainly the speedo. Uh, I wear my. I wear the Daisy Duke. My Daisy Duke cut off jean shorts all the time <laughs> so uh that's number one i wear them quite a bit uh i don't know who asked that who was it mike adams mike adams ah goof my man so uh funny story about that so i used to wear those to softball right and uh he's a goof's a goof's a uh umpire well he's, he, he played played ball forever and uh, but the way that I came across him most of the time was, well, St. Dominic guy, but also through umpiring. And he uh, he's ump- he was umping down at Delhi Park, and I stepped up to the plate, my Daisy Dukes, and he had already had a whole conversation with the, with the pitcher, who was a buddy of mine that uh, we were playing against. Uh, and he had told him to throw a ball nowhere near the strike, nowhere near anything, so, so he cannot swing at it. And uh, he did it, and he – Immediately caught a strike <laughs> for wearing those shorts. <laughs> so that was uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, Goose Goose, great dude. Uh, Mike Mike Adams. Yeah, so that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> I like dude, it. I got to tell you, brother, I wear them all the time. And if you ever, if you ever drive by the house, you might even catch me mowing the lawn in them sometimes. Hey, be- right. good Daisy Dukes too. These are the real deal, man. The pot when I cut them, the pocket hangs out underneath. The actual cut of the jeans. Oh, you can I've see seen the them. pocket. I've seen them. Legit. When I wear, when I play softball in them, I, uh, the, my cup has to figure out what side <laughs> oh, to go. For God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> you are the only person in the entire world who's ever worn a cup under jeans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Probably. Guarantee. <laughs> guarantee the only cup that has ever touched denim is your cup. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, that's all I have. We that's a good way to end the podcast. <laughs> yes, it is. Thanks for watching, Goof. We appreciate it, buddy. All right. So uh, on that note, uh, next week, next week, uh, watch this Jeff Dunham stand up. Let us know what you think about Ronnie Chang, and uh, we'll get into some we'll get into some more sports and other uh, goofy talk. Hopefully, not a lot of people die, or maybe we want people to to have a dearly departed segment again. Or hopefully, we only got to do that a couple times a year. <laughs> So, anyway, on behalf of Mr. Adam Schmidt, uh, I am Chris Witt, and don't forget to turn your headlights on. Duh. There it is. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs>